Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. This is an instant reaction pod to tonight's Loon's Nest Open, where Sean Anderson, for the first time in 15 events, has emerged victorious. He becomes the 11th winner in Puttcraft history. He joins Sean Brown with 16 wins, Matt Rolstead with 7 wins, Eric Aselius with 3 wins, Tom Loftus, Zach Aselius, Matt Wyman, and Daryl Hummony with 2 wins, and Anthony Dunkel, Brady Storhoff, and Dan Wesley with one win. This is going to be a quick podcast, but it's going to be a very dense podcast. There is a lot of very interesting things that came out of tonight's event, including some things that I probably missed and will have to pick up on next time. Here is your leaderboard. Sean Anderson in first at 21 under par. Eric Aselius in second at 20 under par. It should be noted that earlier this May... Um, Sean Brown won the event at 21 under par with Eric Aselius and at 20 under par as well. So kind of a history repeating itself here. Sean Brown in third at 15 under par, tied with Zach Aselius in third at 15 under par. Josh Benish, Michael Carlson, and Matt Rolstead all in a tie for fifth place at 10 under par. Cameron Aselius in eighth at nine under. Caden Aselius in ninth at six under. Kathleen Malone in 10th, tied with Mark Janini at 3 under par. I think I got that correct. Robin Schwartzman in 12th at 1 under par. Matthew Saikira in 13th at 2 over par. I think I got that one right as well. Jack Benish in 14th at 26 over. Aiden Carlson in 15th at 33 over. And Eddie Benish in 16th at 43 under par. Okay, where do we start? Let's start here. Josh Benish um, shaved 12 strokes off of his second round score to finish in the top five, with, which got us thinking, who else has shaved that much, that many strokes off of their uh, second round score to eventually emerge into the top five? And did you know that Josh's 12 was actually not the most all time. Again, this is players who have taken their first round score and taken a uh, number of strokes off their second round score and then finished in the top five. Robin Schwartzman in 2021 took off 14 strokes off of her second round score uh, at Lilliput and you will note that Lilliput is a common theme here. Um, tied with Josh's 12 uh, strokes is Brady Storhoff at Dred Scott in 2022. He took 12 strokes off of his second round. Uh, Brady Storhoff also took 11 strokes off of his second round at Lilliput in 2022. Um, and then we had three people take nine strokes off their second round score and emerge in the top five. Bo Brower at Dred Scott, our second event in 2021. Uh, Matt Wyman at Lilliput, uh, he took off nine strokes in 2022, and Cameron Aselius took off nine strokes just a couple weeks ago at Como Park. Uh, and again, the back 18 there is a little different than the front 18, but okay. Um, let's look at this. First off, welcome to all the new faces. Um, Matthew Sakura, uh, um, Mark Giannini, Jack Benish, Eddie Benish. Um, really, really great to get new faces out. We had 16 tonight, um, which is really, really, really great. Um, so 
Congratulations to everybody who participated in their first Puttcraft event. Mark Giannini did happen to ace hole five. Uh, that was his one ace tonight. He's actually the only ace. Uh, actually, I shouldn't, I shouldn't hold on. There was another ace. Jack Benish had an ace on uh, 14. So both Jack Benish and Mark Giannini both had aces in their first event. Uh, Matthew Sakura and Eddie Benish did not. Um, it should be noted that Mark Giannini's uh, ace on five, that had only occurred in 4.62% of attempts coming into tonight's event. Jack Benish's ace on 14 was actually even more rare. That had only happened on 1.54% of shots coming into tonight. Now that's going to change. Matt Rolstead aced 14 and Eric Caselius also aced 14. Um, and uh, Mark Giannini, uh, a hole five, Josh Benish aced hole five, and Eric Caselius also aced hole five. Speaking of Eric Caselius, he had six aces tonight. I didn't double check this, but I'm pretty certain that is a loon's nest record. He aced eight twice. He aced 12. He aced 14. He aced five and he aced six. Um, so congratulations there tonight. Michael Carlson, his first ever top five finish. He snuck in there at 10 under par. There was a three-way tie for fifth place between Josh Benish, Michael Carlson, and Matt Rolstead. Matt Rolstead registered an eight tonight um, on a hole that he also registered a one on hole 12. He went one on his front 18, eight on his back 18. I did not double check this, but I'm going to venture a guess that that was Matt's first ace. And I can actually take a look real quick. Brady Storhoff did something similar once, and I don't remember exactly what course it was, but I think he went eight on the first time around and one on his back uh, time around. So that has happened before that this certainly was not a first time for that. Um, Matt actually has registered an eight before. Um, and all I can tell you is that was probably, that looks like it was Lilliput. Um, it was a 59.52. So he did have an eight at Lilliput on the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth hole. Um, back in, if you knew how, uh, how much of a cluster my spreadsheets were, <laughs> you would understand why, um, I don't actually have that exact thing there. Uh, the data, which I'm actually going to find real quick. Okay, I stand extremely corrected. Normally, I think a professional podcaster would go back and erase that last bit, but you know, it's 11:09. I'm kind of uh, you know, I'm kind of a lot of this is is kind of chicken scratch notes. Um Matt Rolstead's 8 took place on the 8th hole of Centennial Lakes Open um last July, an event that he actually one. He shaved seven strokes off of his second round score and ended up winning that event by one stroke over Dan Wesley and Sean Anderson as well. So Matt has had an eight before, but it resulted in a win. Something happened tonight that I, I don't want to say I enjoyed it, but I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it at the time, I didn't like it at the time, but knowing how it ended up, I can look back on that now and be like, man, that is awesome that that happened. Sean Anderson won tonight. On Sean Anderson's fourth hole of the day, I'm not sure if he exactly if he started on one, but on hole four, Sean Anderson went out of bounds. Okay. He would then go on 
to score birdie, or excuse me, par or better in 21 straight holes, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way to the back 18, where he went, um, you know, bird, birdie, eagle, par, all the way up until hole eight, where he had a four. Now, of course, at the time, I don't like seeing anybody go out of bounds, but that early in the tournament to see him crawl back from that is a lesson's the wrong word, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's a good lesson for all of us that these are long events, right? And there's plenty of opportunity to make up holes. I think a lot of us get the feeling, and I've been there before, where if on your first, second, third, fourth hole, if you have a really bad hole, oh, tournament's over for me. I can't do anything. I'm just going to go for records now and aces. Well, Sean Anderson's proof. You can go out of bounds on on um on four and still come back and win the tournament um it, you know and and he he only double bogeyed that hole it obviously could have been much much worse that is a very very difficult hole okay sean anderson had four top five finishes in his first 14 events now he'll have five in 15 along with a win um Let's take a look at hole 16, and I want to specifically look at hole 16 as it relates to Eric Caselius and his runner-up status at this course. It should be noted, it has been noted, it is noted that Eric Caselius has now finished in second place at this course on three separate occasions, last October, earlier this May, and now this July. And hole 16 has been has been Eric's nemesis. Eric has gone bogey on five of six of those attempts. So in his three events, he went bogey, 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 par. So he's plus five on those three holes. The person who finished in first, Sean Brown, Sean Brown, Sean Brown, excuse me, Sean Brown, Sean Brown, Sean Anderson, Sean Anderson with a U, um, was only three over par. So it was par bogey, par bogey, par bogey. So Eric Celius gave back two strokes on, you know, combine on hole 16. Yesterday on the podcast, we did kind of a breakdown of the, the five most difficult holes, 16, 13, 4, 17, and 12, and how the top had separated themselves for the play, from the players right outside the top. And tonight, there wasn't really much difference. Um, Sean Anderson took one stroke off of Eric on hole 16. They went even on six, on 13. Eric Aselius took one stroke off of Sean on hole 4. Sean took one stroke off of Eric on hole 17, and Eric took one stroke off of Sean on hole 12. So overall, it was balanced on those two. And I only bring up those two because there was a six-stroke difference between Sean Anderson and third place and a five-stroke difference between Eric Celius and third place. So I don't think it would do a, make a whole lot of sense to um, kind of go any further than that. So Sean and Eric came into the back 18 tied. They both set course record, or they both tied course records on the front 18. I should note there is now five players who have uh, the course record um, at Loon's Nest. Those players are, of course, Sean Anderson and Eric Caselius. Michael Carlson, Joel Brown, and Sean Brown also have 42s. So 
you know, I'm going to make a graphic that has five players on it. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun challenge for me. But, uh, you know, when you guys score 41, when we come back out here next, uh, this, uh, later this summer, that would be great. So, um, they were, you know, even coming into the back 18 and after the eighth hole, it really, really, really looked like, you know, and like Eric had this thing and here's why. On five, six, seven, and eight, Sean Anderson went birdie, eagle, birdie, bogey. Okay, so my quick math is correct. That's nine strokes. Okay, you know, you know that's that's uh, you know that's that that's pretty darn good. But Eric Casillas went eagle, eagle, birdie, eagle. Okay, so that's five strokes. That's a nine-stroke difference. Um, so, or, excuse me, it's late. It's late. That is a um, five. Did I, did I say five strokes? Because if I said five strokes, um, that's not what I meant. I meant four strokes. That's a four-stroke difference between those two on those. Now, Sean had actually gotten out to a slightly better start on the first four holes. Okay, Sean was actually up one after hole four. But then, of course, over those, uh, you know, over the course of those next four holes, it flipped and Eric was up three. Well, then something strange happened. Sean was the only player tonight to ace hole nine and Eric took a three on that hole. They both uh, uh, parred ten and then Sean grabbed another stroke on par or on, on hole eleven. Eric got another stroke back on hole 12. They both parred 13. And then after 14, Sean took another stroke back from Eric and they were tied heading into the final four holes where they both went par, bogey, par. And then Sean just laid up the just most beautiful tee shot up on 18, put it about five inches or so away from the cup tapped it in for birdie, really, really, really push, put the pressure on Eric. And you'd have to think in that moment, I don't know what was going on through Eric's head in that moment. I don't. But you'd have to think in that moment, he was thinking to himself, here we go again, right? This is my third time here. I'm going to finish in second place again. I just finished in second place in McPete's. I was a putter head away from winning that thing. Um, and here we go again. And again, I don't know if that's what was going through his head, but it's sports. It's weird. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of head games. I would probably be going through my head, right? So, um, you know, Sean really, really, really put the pressure on Eric on that last hole. And it really ended up paying off for Sean Anderson in, uh, what was his first, uh, putcraft victory? Not a single birdie, excuse me. One single birdie joining the other single birdie on hole 16 uh, was by Matt Rolstead. Matt Rolstead registered a two on 16. Um, he is joining um, Jake Salisbury, who also had a two on uh, 16 last October. Uh, again, one of the more difficult, well, the most difficult hole on this particular course. And I think the 14th or 15th most difficult hole on the circuit overall. We saw two aces on 18, which I know is not a super common occurrence. Robin Schwartzman had one um, and Sean Brown had one. Also, 
Not a single bogey or worse was registered on hole 18 tonight. The only hole on the course that did not register a single bogey that hit a that that particular hole had a 100% BEP percentage um and again Robin Schwartzman and Sean Brown both had an ace um Sean Brown on hole 4 have it on video I know he doesn't want to watch this video but I have to make mention of it you know, sometimes you hit the stick. Sometimes sometimes the ball is coming in hot and you hit the stick and it bounces off. And other times the ball is coming in perfectly straight at the perfect pace. Just a beautiful putt. And somehow, some way, it hits the stick and it bounces off. I have video of it. The video doesn't make sense. The video looks doctored. Um, I don't totally know what to make of it. It was super bizarre. I, I, I've, I've personally never seen a ball strike the pin when it was going, you know, nearly the perfect speed. Of course, you're coming in hot, you hit the pin and, and, you, and it bounces out. That's fine. This was not hot. This was nearly perfect. It was super bizarre. The only thing I can think of is the ball must have kicked something right before it got to the cup bounced up and then went off and to the side. Um, Sean Brown was also the only player who aced number one. Kane Nasilius aced number two. I know this is a <laughs> hole number two is a hole that many of you spend quite a bit of time on. Kane Nasilius ended up acing that one. Cameron Nasilius took a six on hole two and you know, looking at his score, he finished in, um, you know, eighth place, one stroke off of a top five finish. And boy, hole two looks like a pretty simple, straightforward hole. And it just isn't. That thing is tricky and can be very deceiving. I wonder if there is a more, a trickier hole on, on the circuit where it just the looks are completely deceiving. Also, this was brought up to me tonight, and I don't recall who brought it up, but, and I don't know if I agree with this, but I haven't thought about it very much. It's hole one and two at Loon's Nest, the two most difficult, the, the most difficult starting holes on the circuit, but actually I have this data. So I just pulled it up real quick, and no, the, um, if, if we're looking at hole difficulty, um, the... And, and this may surprise some of you. It, it kind of surprised me. The Loon's Nest actually has the easiest first and second holes. And here's the data. So if we took all the courses on the circuit and we just took their hole one and two, Midwest Golf Dome has, and, 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 and we rank them one to 24 here. Okay. So I haven't put McPeets into this yet, but I don't think McPeets is going to be, uh, in, in the mix here. Midwest Golf Dome has the first and third most difficult hole, only counting holes one and two on all the holes in the circuit. Um, Veterans Memorial Park has the seventh and eighth most difficult holes. Um, let's see here. Moose Mountain has the sixth most difficult hole, but then the easiest hole. Uh, hole one at Moose Mountain is the easiest opening hole on the entire circuit. Circuit. Loon's Nest actually has the 21st and 22nd most difficult holes. Uh, so basically the easiest one and two. <laughs> 
It's interesting how that happens. Centennial Lakes is also up there with some really easy ones. They have the 17th and 23rd most difficult or, you know, pretty easy. Um, Coma Park has the fifth hardest and the 10th hardest. Um, so yeah, it belongs to Midwest Golf Dome. Um, Links at Dred Scott has the second most difficult and then the 18th most difficult. So those kind of average out a little bit. So it's Midwest Golf Dome. And if we're counting only courses that we play, um, it's Veterans Memorial Park. It's Veterans Memorial Park. Interesting. Um, keep in mind that Veterans Memorial Park's uh, pars are two on hole one and two, whereas Loon's Nests are par three. And remember, when we're talking difficulty, we're only talking about the average score above or below par. So, um, and, and, you know, we've, we've had that discussion a long time ago. If, if, if that's what difficulty should actually mean, and really it isn't, but for the sake of this argument and the sake of this conversation, just to simplify it, that is what it's going to mean for this case. Okay, let's do a few more um, aces. Uh, hole three was only aced by Kathleen Malone tonight. Um, hole nine, again, was only aced by Sean Anderson. We talked about that. Hole 10 was only aced by Cameron Aselius and Robin Schwartzman. Um, hole, and then hole 18, again, only Sean Brown and Robin Schwartzman. Those weren't the only aces, um, but like hole eight was, was, was aced three times. Actually, technically only by two different people. Eric Casilius aced it twice and Michael Carlson aced it once. Um, so that's all I have for now. Um, obviously there, there's so much more, um, in this data. And sometimes, if I'm being honest with you, sometimes it's helpful to, for you, the listener, to point me in the right direction of something, to send me a little note and say, did you notice this? Did you notice that? Because sometimes at 11, 15, 11, 30 after a, a, an event, no, I didn't notice it. And, you know, sometimes there might be really completely obviously obvious and interesting things um, that I just don't notice from from kind of staring at this spreadsheet. So um, sometimes if you want to nudge me in the, a certain direction, maybe it's a stat that you had. Maybe it's a stat that somebody that you played with had. Um, I don't mind that at all. It makes the experience better for everybody. And um, period period. So thank you again for coming out tonight to the Loon's Nest Open. Uh, you know, apologies for having to switch the event from Jet Dred Scott to Loon's Nest. Doesn't sound like we're going to make it out to Dred Scott this year. Um, but, uh, we will again next year and we do have another event planned at Loon's Nest later this summer, but up next is Centennial Lakes. That's going to be on Tuesday, July 18th. That will be our only visit to Centennial Lakes this year. For those of you who remember, that's a busy course. Um, it is, it is not a course where, um, I mean, it's a big course. It's a long course. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a warm up course either. So you, you really got to, if you want to get up, get there early and, and, and get around in, you'll have to show up, you know, an hour, hour and a half early. Um, it also last year happened to be just an absolutely gorgeous evening. And I had, I had spoken to, uh, you know, one of the team members there and I said, is this normal for you? Is this type of night normal for you? And he goes, no, it wasn't. Tonight was one of our busiest nights of the summer. So in a sense, it's great. We obviously love to see that, but in a sense, we, we got a little bit unlucky with the timing last year because even if the course were empty, 
it would still take us an hour and 10 to get through um, 18 holes, maybe an hour if the course was empty. But when it's busy like it was, it, it takes it takes a significantly longer time. So July 18th, we will see you there. Um, and that's all for tonight. Thank you, everyone. Congratulations. Congratulations to Sean Anderson on your first Puttcraft victory.